1: Are you looking for more out of your life? Do you need ideas on how to start new businesses and how to move forward in your own personal life? Well, guess what? You have come to the right radio show at You Can Overcome Anything podcast show. You will learn and hear from many people from all walks of life who are sharing their challenges, their stories, the habits, and the mind shifts they had to overcome to become who they are today. On top, you'll get a chance to connect and see how you can overcome anything by networking and learning about your next move through this radio show. I present to you our great speakers at You Can Overcome Anything podcast show with your host, Cesar Espino. Hey, welcome back. It is your friend Caesar Espino and your host on You Can Overcome Anything Podcast Show. Today I have a special guest. It is my good friend, Sean Buster. Hey Sean, how are you, brother? Going on, Caesar, man. How are you doing today? I am doing good, man. Hey, let me let me introduce you to the to our listeners really quickly. So, Sean, he's a father of four. He's in addict recovery for over 10 years. He's an electrician by trade, host of the Getting Started Podcast Show. You gotta go listen to that and founder of Your Natural Remedy Health and Wellness, and he's also learning the art and skills of NLP, which is linguistic Programming, and he's a motivational speaker, and he loves this name. So when you come down to LA, you gotta, we got to go to Disneyland, for sure. Oh, yeah, <laughs> man, definitely. That was that was what got me started on my
2: Disney addiction, man. Disneyland <laughs> was my first experience. Uh, yeah. I remember walking through the gates, um, and I didn't really know how things worked out there, so... I'm walking down Main Street, USA, and here comes Mickey Mouse leading the Mickey Mouse parade, and everybody's, like, cleared the street, so I'm, and I'm right in the middle of the street, and I'm like, why is everybody on the sidewalk? Right. And here comes <laughs> Mickey Mouse, walk up to me, gives me this big old hug, and, like, escorts me gently to the sidewalk. I was like, I get oh. it now. Okay. So,
1: <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> tell us a little bit about you, your background, uh, you know, want to know more about your addiction recovery, because I think many people might be going through... Uh, through that, or, or or could relate to something like that, and maybe, you know, something can help them based on, you know, your own experience? Yeah, man, for sure. Um, well, just a little bit of my backstory. Um, I was originally
2: born in South Carolina, and moved to Tennessee, and we were about, uh, I don't know, eight, nine years old, somewhere in there, and uh, I grew up, if anyone's ever seen the show Sons of Anarchy, mm. my early childhood, and most of my, like, formative years were a lot like that show it was a very fairly accurate description man there was you know guns and drugs and motorcycles and just just wild crazy times um, and I remember growing up and growing up my dad was a real bad he was all right and I get a little bit of flack for this sometimes uh, my dad was a drunk some people okay. like to call it an alcoholic but to me there's a difference between a drunk versus an alcoholic okay and my dad was a true drunk so I had to kind of deal with all the crap that he would bring through the house and this, that, and the other. And growing up, I decided I was never going to be a drunk. I was never going to be that guy, Mm. but because that was all I had to kind of base opinions off of. And the way my dad sort of operated our family, so to speak, you know, we were kind of shut off from most of any other outside influences except for him and his biker buddies and stuff. So instead of becoming a drunk, I became a drug addict. I just went Mm. to the opposite side of the fence, but in my mind, it was okay because I wasn't a drunk. Got it. And by the time I got to high school, man, well, let's put it like this. I ended up dropping out of high school at 17. And by the time I dropped out of high school, I think the list of drugs that I hadn't done was pretty much limited to like mescaline and peyote.
3: Mm.
2: That was about it. Um, I got real bad into cocaine. I got real bad, real, real bad into methamphetamines. And for a long time, that was that was my definition of myself. That was my life. I was a drug addict. I was a fuck up. Uh, I, so I'm, I, I apologize to anybody that doesn't like my dirty foul hey, language. Yeah. <laughs> uh, real, but I mean that's just how I define myself. Is how a lot of people define me. And it just, I'd say for a better part of about, I don't know eight, nine, ten years, I just, I kept that downward spiral going and going and going. And once I started realizing kind of that there was more to life than that, I couldn't really put two and two together because, yeah, I understand there was more to life than that,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but I was so far, so far gone that I didn't know how to get myself there, if that makes sense.
3: Yeah.
2: And eventually it came down to, I was definitely one of those that I always, every time I would go out to use or party or something like that, I always had friends with me. I had a circle of friends around me and we would all party together. And it got to the point where I was out and where I live at is kind of the middle of nowhere. It's very, very country, very rural, very redneckish. And I would drive out into the middle of a cow field at two or three o'clock in the morning. And I would have, you know, like half a mason jar of meth and a roll of aluminum foil in my back seat. And I would just sit there and get, completely blitzkrieged out of my mind for days. Hmm. Wouldn't speak to nobody, wouldn't sleep. And finally one day I just, I don't know if it was a sign from God, if it was just a miracle in disguise or whatever it was. It was definitely a blessing though because in my mind, somewhere it clicked, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. This has got to stop. And I remember driving myself to a rehab center. I I walked in and I was still tweaking out of my head. I went to the front desk. I said, look, I'm jacked up right now. I'm going to go finish what I got. And when I come back, y'all are going to fix me. (laughs) And I left. I walked out the door. I'm sure they never thought they were going to see me again. They thought I was some crazy little crackhead. Right, right. And I did. I went out, and I finished everything that I had left. Took me about a day and a half. Made sure that my car was completely cleaned out. My person was completely cleaned out. And then I turned around, and I went back to the rehab place. And for what I think it was three days. It seemed like a lot longer than that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I was put into a detox center. I remember scratching and clawing at the walls, scratching and clawing at myself. Just I had to get you know. First, I had to come down, and then I had to go through the withdrawals. And then I, I did the. I started doing the rehab program, and I went through uh, several weeks of it. And there towards the end, I started realizing that if I didn't get out of there, I was gonna relapse. Because Mm -hmm. I was always surrounded by people who were going through the program, Mm -hmm. but none of them were clean. They was just, you know, they were in there to make more connections or to get more clients and customers. And I'm not saying that's how all rehab facilities work. There are many of them out there that are absolutely A plus facilities with A plus programs. And if you can get into one of those and you need to get into one of those out there, by all means. Go do it.
3: Right.
2: But that's just not how the one that I went to worked out. But having always been a fairly intelligent person for the most part, I was able to take the lessons and take the, uh, ideas. Or I something. Guess, yeah. The ideas to keep it within myself and to learn and build on those.
1: Mm.
2: And I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm a perfect person. I did. I had a few relapses, um, especially because <laughs> When I decided to go to college, I decided to go live on a college campus in one of the <laughs> biggest party colleges in Tennessee. Mm. And it didn't help. It's probably the worst idea for a recovering addict to go to. And I did. I fell off the horse and uh, several different times. And you know, it, was, it was a battle for several more years. But as of today, I'm sitting here in front of you. And mm-hmm. I am, let's see
1: going on 11 years clean and sober now wow man that's amazing dude that's great Uh so so you you were talking about um uh you know that you you kind of you label yourself right you you were known for the addict did you Mm -hmm. feel like you lost your identity through that through that period of time because i know like sometimes for me like um Uh, talk to a few people is like when they're going through something like that. Is like they lose their complete identity because at that point it's like, well, I'm just, I'm just that label. Right. And you, you start labeling yourself. And then part of that too, is you mentioned, you know, you had some friends, but they also had a, I don't know, positive or negative influence on things that you were doing uh, when you were doing the drugs.
2: Uh, Yeah, man. Um, I never really had a ton of money but I did have a buddy of mine who was getting a good massive check every month from just different issues he'd had in the past and his dad being a war veteran and then passing away, he got a, you know, nice big check every month. So he was always going to afford and everything. Mm. Um, I had another friend, good friend of mine that, you know, he provided the house for us all to party at all the time. And it just, it, once I decided to get clean, I realized that to fully get clean, I had to get away from all those friends. And I did. That's exactly what I did. I took off and I moved about an hour and a half away from home, which, granted, to some people doesn't seem like a whole lot. But when the majority of your circle of friends are used to being st- stuck in this one little small town and they don't leave this little small town because they are truly afraid of the outside world, mm-hmm. they didn't come up to visit me very much. matter of fact, I think I had two friends from my original inner circle of friends come up and visit me while I was living in the college town. and they were there for a very short amount of time and they were gone again. And then of course I built another circle of friends while I was living in the college town that I kept partying with. And when I finally made that ultimate choice that I was done, I wasn't going back to that lifestyle. I literally left again and I went to my parents' house, told my parents what was going on. And they had a camper set up in their backyard. Mm -hmm. And that's what I moved into. I moved Mm -hmm. into this little, I don't know, 25 foot camper for about a year, year and a half. And. Sorry, my kids are in here hollering at Yeah, I don't know. That's cool, man. Hey, yeah, I will fix it later, honey. Right now, y'all go play with something else. Yeah, but
3: where's our other pool?
2: Go play with something else. But
3: the only thing I'm going to play with the pool.
2: Well, it's too cold water to play in the pool yes, right now. So man. we
3: just our hey,
2: Y'all go in y'all it. go inside and play for right now. Yeah. I love y'all. Uh, yeah, I, I had to just get away from everybody. So I moved to this little camper in my parents' backyard and I just I went into like hobbit mode. Really? I didn't speak yeah. to nobody. I didn't try to form any relationships. I had a massive score of books to read and I had my PlayStation. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. And that's what it took for me to really get clean was I just had to stay away from everybody. I had to be, I think when I'd fully gotten clean and I could, I could start telling the difference in just the way I was acting. And I remember my parents coming to me and saying, Hey, you know, thanks for bringing our son back. Yeah. And that was, that was very profound moment for me. Cause it was like, well, I've always been your son, but it took me a while to really process what that meant to them. Right. And once I did, that really, it all started clicking for me. And I started kind of just building from that. And, man, I got to tell you, it, it's one of the roughest battles I've ever done in my life. Yeah, I bet.
1: But I wouldn't change it for the world. Right. Uh, well, the there's, I was going to say that there's lessons and experience to be learned from that, right? Oh, so. yeah, definitely, man. Uh, and it,
2: it, it, especially being a father now, it helps me because, like, having done all these crazy wild things, <laughs> I know the signs. I know what to look for. And I can, I'll be able to tell if my kids get into it and maybe I can you know, cut them off before it gets bad and possibly even cut them off before they even get started on something. Right. And, uh, and it is, it's a lot of, you know, your sphere of influence and your environment does play a lot, a huge factor into that. And if you come from that kind of background and that sort of circle where you don't have a lot of options and the only real... I'm not going to say success because even the drug dealers out here aren't really successful idols to look up to. They're all cracked out themselves with, you know, maybe two teeth left and just weird crap like that. But you know, they're the ones that you look at and they're the ones that are having fun. Yeah. They're the ones that seem to be enjoying life. And that's what we all wanted. We we all wanted to enjoy life. And that is really the ultimate goal in life is to find something that you enjoy and love it and do it with a passion.
3: Yeah.
2: So I was fortunate to be able to get away from those circumstances and to get away from those people. And don't get me wrong. I still, you know, there's a place in my heart for all those old friends of mine, but I've reached a point in my life where, you know, I don't talk to probably 95, 98% of those friends anymore because I can't. Right. They didn't want to make that step, that next step to grow and to get better. And, you know, I, I know there's a good, a good chunk of those friends who are sitting in jail right now. Uh, there's another chunk of them that have passed away, you know, rest their souls, but um yeah man it's it, it comes down to I want to say willpower, but that's not even the right word. It's it comes more down a to, a, to a choice
1: right I mean, yeah it's a you, choice right
2: it's a choice, and then it's a
1: consistent effort to just get better every day. Right, And that's really what it comes down to. Well, then that's what happened with you. I mean, um, you know, you trying to, or or not necessarily trying, you actually did it. You deciding that, you know, you had enough and you're not going to deal with this. You're not going to go through this anymore. That was a choice you made. And although although you had some relapse and things to that nature, you continue to be persistent and continue to push forward and continue to push forward. and, And again, become a better person, you know, through that process, right? And that's where a lot of people, I think, end up giving up is that they see it so hard that they end up just not following through right a lot of times we want things that are easy and whether it's drugs or whether it's eating bad food whether it's cheating on my spouse or whatever the case may be the thing that might seem easy is gonna cost you a lot more 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 at the end than the stuff that's hard right and and you were able to recognize that which is pretty awesome so yeah man and that's what it is, you know, a lot of people are looking for that easy, quick fix, and
2: that's kind of what's helped me out with uh, what I call my uh, adult life, I guess, which didn't really start until I was about (laughs) 27, 28, maybe, somewhere in that range, Uh, because I spent so long looking for that quick fix, looking for that, you know, quote-unquote, get-rich-quick scheme, you know, even whether it was, you know, whether it involved money or whatever it was, Um, I've learned now that anything worth having, anything that is, you know, worthwhile that you will truly treasure and truly love mm-hmm. doesn't happen quick. It does not happen overnight. Yep. It takes time and you have to, you have to learn to trust and love and enjoy the
1: process behind it all before you truly get the results that you're looking for. Right. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I totally agree with that. Um, and so uh, was there anything else that really said, you know what, I cannot do this, or it was just like again, like you said, it was some sort of you know, God divine or something just came to your mind said, you know what, enough is enough. Or was there any other influences that that helped you with that? I don't know, man. Uh, yeah. so
2: I was about 20, 22, 23, somewhere in there, maybe 24, and it was just like I was done, man. I, I was. I had played myself, I'd played every hand in the deck, I had come up short every time, mm-hmm. and I was just finally sick and tired, I guess of really playing by other people's rules, and that's kind of how it was um you know i if I wanted to get you know this or that, I had to wait till the dealer could call me back or I had to wait till the dealer got home and this that and the other, and I just. <sighs> I'm not going to say I really had any kind of influences to pull me out of that because I didn't. I just, I started looking at everybody. I knew, and this kind of goes back to even when I was, when I was a kid before I ever got on drugs or anything like that, I always had this idea in my head that I was, I was meant for greatness, that I was always destined Mm -hmm. to do big things, to do great things. And I guess maybe it was part of that coming back to me. I was just looking around at everybody that I knew and everybody that I was hanging out with. And none of them were even attempting to do great things, man. And I wanted more out of life. And I was at that point, I was willing to do whatever it took to get more out of life, Mm. Uh, which is actually what led me into in a roundabout way, getting into uh, electrical school and becoming an electrician was because Man, i have bounce from job to job, you know, and you name it, I've done it, man. Fast food, factory, warehouse, uh, construction, physical labor, um, oh. mowing yards, raking grass, uh, dude, you name it, I've probably done it.
3: Right.
2: I don't know that there's an actual fast food chain yeah. anywhere that yeah, I movie. haven't worked for.
1: Yeah. Wow. Um, so yeah, it came down to the, the point that you were trying to again enough is enough. You were finding that that you know stability more than anything. I think you know it was it was come down to how can I get stable and then how can I become a better person moving forward, which you know you've done now and you're working that. So I wanna I wanna hear about your um your uh, your podcast. You know what, what 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 are you trying to accomplish there? I know you're growing your YouTube business, which is pretty awesome. And then also your NLP, right? I mean, that, that's mm-hmm. a, something that is pretty awesome. So tell me about your podcast. All
2: right, man. Yeah, the Getting Started podcast, man. It was uh, And this is kind of one of those things that came from all those past experiences, man. Uh, because I've always felt that, that pull to do great things, I know there's other people out there that have done the same way, same thing. And I know that, that you know, I work with guys because, like I said, I'm an electrician by trade. That's currently my day job. That's what I do on a yep. day-to-day basis. I mean, I talked to so many guys, and they work in different trades, you know, welders and HVAC guys and landscapers and this, that, and the other. And they want to do more, but they're stuck, man. They have no idea what's out there that they can do. They have no idea what's out there that they even want to do. And that's what happens when you get into this, you know, daily nine to five routine of get up, go to work, get up, go to work. So I started the podcast just to kind of show because once I started my journey of bettering myself and getting into the world of starting my own business and getting onto the journey of entrepreneurship, I started kind of thinking like, well, how can I get other people to see this the way I'm seeing it? Because Mm -hmm. the way I'm seeing it, while, yeah, it's kind of biased in my own eyes because I have to look at it with my own experience, my own vision. There are other people that could benefit from the things that I'm learning and from the things that I have picked up from, you know, business owners or, uh, you know, marketers or this, that, or whatever it is. And so I started the podcast to start empowering those people. You know, anybody that's out there working the nine to five blue collar, what Mm -hmm. I call slave life.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: They need to, you know, go check out the podcast and listen, because I'm bringing messages of how anybody can do this. I want to empower everybody listening to the show that, I don't care if you're working nine to five at a construction company. I don't care if you're working the you know, graveyard shift at Walmart, or if you're working you know, the nighttime shift at a fast food place or any kind of restaurant, it, it's all about getting started. And it's never too late to get started. And there's mm-hmm. never a wrong time to get started. Right. Just so long as you take that first step to get started. You know, Everybody says that the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Mm-hmm. Well, this show is about getting everybody to take that first step. You know, empowering people to take that first step because once you take that first step, you're more inclined to take a second step, and a third step, and a fourth step, and so on and so forth, and building on that momentum as you gain more momentum. Right. And that's what—that's exactly what I've done, man. Uh, you know, I first got into this. I reached out to a few different people and was able to get in. You know, some fairly good circles. Um, you know, that's, that's how you and I met up. You know, through yep. our buddy Sid. Yep. And. Uh, when I first started, man, I, I wanted to be a digital marketer and it was oh. only because I had looked and seen that digital marketers make six figures a year and all the flash and pizzazz that goes with it. And they go inside son. And you know, I, I started digging into it and I bought a couple of programs and courses. And that's when I realized I was not ready. <laughs> uh, I had no idea what I was getting into. And, uh, so I had to take a step back, sort of look at what was going on. And that's, what, that's what's actually led me into, you know, I started the podcast. I moved the podcast onto YouTube as well. So mm-hmm. anybody that, you know, is, you know, and as you know, you know, as well as I do, that different people learn in different ways. You've got your audio right. learners, you got your yep. video learners, you've got your people that learn by feeling. Yep. So I, just through the podcast alone, I was only reaching, you know, like maybe 10% of people. So that's why I moved it into the YouTube platform because YouTube being the second most searched search mm-hmm. engine in the world, I can hit the video learners with that, the visual learners. Right. Which that's another 40% of the population. Plus also by sitting there watching me do these different interviews, you know, like, you know, I had you on the show, you were an amazing yeah. guest Had other amazing guests and uh, you can, even through the visual aspect of it, you can sort of get a feeling and a vibe from those different guests and that, you know, that's a whole different style of learning in and of itself too. Right. That's just another, you know, 30, 40% of, you know, people trying to learn. So I'm trying to get this message out there to as many people as possible and get it on as many platforms as possible because the more people I can reach, the more lives I can change. Mm -hmm. And the more lives I can change, the, the more people in this world can see that there's more to life than just, you know, wake up, go to work, come home, eat dinner, go to sleep, die.
1: Yeah, there, there's a bigger purpose than just that. I mean, I, and, mm-hmm. I, and I really love that. And, and that's something that I think is really amazing. And I don't know if the people that are listening or watching this cut on to that message, except I want to emphasize more what you just said. And, and part of that is that you're working on yourself every day and you're going through this transition. You're still working the nine to five, yet you're still coming home and doing the podcast or doing some stuff on, on YouTube or, or doing something now with NLP. And there's really no excuse to say, well, I I work nine to five or I'm working graveyard. I'm working late night. So whatever the case may be, if you want to become better, you have the ability to to become better because we all have the same amount of hours. The second thing is, you know, that you're doing is not only are you helping yourself, yet you're helping a lot of people by empowering them and giving them all of these ideas, giving them, you know, material that they can use in their own lives. So you're helping people. Uh, succeed and six uh, Sigler said if you help enough people get what they want you'll get what you want and that's exactly what you're doing and sometimes people say well uh, you know there there might be I guess uh, they, they don't want to help out other people or, or they, they don't want to do things for other people because they feel like they're not helping themselves which is on the on, on the river side you are by by doing that and that's exactly what you're doing you're you're doing different things even through your nine to five even through all these things you're going through you know so that's pretty awesome. Yeah, and that was one of my biggest excuses for a long time was I just don't have time. I just don't have time.
2: You know, especially uh, I have, you know, four kids, um, a wife who she's been out of work for the last year pending mm-hmm. a back surgery. So, you know, she's dealing with the kids all day long while I'm at work. So when I get home from work, it's kind of, you know, my turn, my responsibility to kind of take over and sort of help out with the kids. And for years, that was kind of my excuse was I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do that. If you want it bad enough, you'll make the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, lie to anybody. There's times when I piss my wife off. I mean, absolutely get her stark, raving mads where she don't talk to me. It happens. Grant, I love her. She loves me. I know she loves me, and she knows that I love her. But there are times when I have her so mad that she can't see anything but red. And it's because I'm putting in that time to – you know, learn new things to grow in different areas and to try to soak up as much knowledge as possible. And I'm trying to implement the knowledge that I'm learning because you can learn everything in the world, but without implementing it, you're not going to go nowhere with it. Right. And, uh, you know, we have fights about it and I just, I I have to, I do my best to be present in the moments that count. Mm -hmm. And you know, when I've got a few extra minutes, you know, I run out to the garage and I do a you know quick Facebook live video, or I'll go you know driving in my truck on the way home from work, But I'm recording podcast episodes, or you know, like if I've got an interview to do, I'll come home and I'll just immediately jump on the computer. and I'll have the kids go off into their bedroom for a while, and I'll do my podcast interview. You know, there for takes me about you know 45 minutes to an hour, mm-hmm. and then you know I'll just I'll save it back and I'll go back in on the weekend, you know, because being part of that, getting up every day at four o'clock in the morning. When the weekend comes, I'm still up every day at 4 o'clock in the morning. So, yeah. you know, I'll, before anybody wakes up, dude, I'm on there on the computer just ticky-tack, 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 you know, editing videos and editing you know, mixing the sound right, and getting everything set up right, and uh, getting everything ready to go. Right now, honey, maybe in a little while. And uh, I'm just, you know, I'm putting in the time that I can make. Right. And it's about making more time. I mean, I think Steve Harvey said it best nobody needs eight hours of sleep. That's a third of your damn life. Yeah. Why the hell do you want to sleep away a third of your life? Yeah. Get up, make something happen. Ed Milet, uh, yeah, Ed Milet has a routine where he takes a single day and he breaks it up into three days. His first day starts at, you know, six o'clock in the morning when he wakes up. And from six o'clock till 12 o'clock, that's his first day. And then from 12 o'clock to six o'clock, well, that's his second day and then from 6 p.m. at night to 12 p.m. at night that's his third day and then he goes to sleep for a couple hours wow um, and i wish i wish i could time crunch that well i really do man uh,
1: it, you know what? Does, it, i don't know yeah i know and and it's hard i mean i actually even me with my own journeys like i'm trying to you know do that and and i'm not an early morning person so you know, it's kind of difficult for me. I can go to sleep later. Like I go to sleep at 12, 12.30, one o'clock, whether I'm working on something, um, same like you, you know, either editing videos or just doing things that I'm working on in, in my entrepreneurial life. Waking up though is the, the hard part. And I try to uh, force myself to wake up at six, 6.30, seven. Um, because again, I, I do realize the same thing, right? I, I think that, you know, if I can get a little bit more time and and, and again, I can I borrow more time other than what i have and i have 24 hours so i have to be able to utilize those 24 hours to the best of my capability and so the only way to do it is what can i do today that one i can get more time of my own number two how can i uh, you know bring more value on the things that i'm doing so that i can empower more people right and then number three is just continue to be persistent right and so those are some some of the things that i i, I you know i take into it but it's not easy for sure
2: yeah, man. And, you know, it just it takes time. You know, it takes practice. And,
1: you know, it, it's just something you got to do. And, you know, if you right. want it bad enough, you'll make it happen. Right, right. And, and so uh, with your transformation and, and the things that you're going through, what are some of the habits or things that you do maybe or you did or you're doing on a daily basis or however that worked out for you that helped you with this trans- transformation? <laughs> Man, just just constantly learning, man. Um, stepping out of my
2: comfort zone, doing things that I'm not used to doing. Um, like live videos is something I was never used to doing. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Um, it's just it's just the little things, man. Uh, like I, said, I get up, you know, on the weekends every morning about four four thirty, yeah. and I put in that time to make things happen. Uh, usually about once a week. Well, probably two to three times a week, really. You know, I'm blocking out an hour every night, or not every night, but, you know, about three nights a week to where I get on a Zoom call with, you know, different masterminds and learn. Because mm. when you when you get into a mastermind and you sit with, you know, all these other people and you have that one conscious mind, like that group mind, your possibilities just start to expand exponentially. And that's something that unless you've done it, have really done it, mm-hmm. you, you don't really understand, and it's hard to explain to other people. Um, and it's like you said, you brought up the NLP, man. I've spent the last three days in a massive group mastermind mm. with about 20 different people learning different techniques and different practices of NLP, and, there, you know, there's a lot of haters out there that – they, you know, write NLP off as brainwashing or manipulation or hypnosis or whatever. And it's got, you know, a bunch of bad connotations and stuff that goes with it.
3: Bike, man, it's the tools netball. of NLP are
2: just so powerful. Like I was a rabid, rabid Mountain Dew drinker, man, for, for years. That was like to me that was the nectar of the gods. And one of the techniques that I learned I was in my mind, I have replaced the taste and the smell of Mountain Dew with dirty nasty ass pond water <laughs> and it was so powerful that hey you should go over there it was so powerful that after the technique was done and over i could taste the pond water in my mouth yeah and i went to go t- try to take a drink from mountain dew and i just i, I could, just as a reflex i spit it right back out i couldn't handle it no more wow yeah and then uh i went to my parents last night and my mom was drinking a mountain dew i was like i'm just I'm just curious. So I uncapped the bottle. I took it just a whiff of it. I didn't even put it in my mouth. I just took a whiff of my nose and it smells like dirty pond water now, man. So I'm just, I'm the fact that that was able to do that for me. I yeah. know this can help, you know, millions of people across the world.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely very powerful and, 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 uh, man, that, uh, that whole NLP. And, and again, for those of you that don't know what's NLP is neurolinguistic programming and it's really a, a a very unique way to tap into the unconscious mind and you know provide i mean use it for for good right and and you use it for for only good which in, in my opinion is you got to put the right type of programs into that unconscious mind so they mm-hmm. can start working with the conscious mind and then get the results that you want right and so uh, yeah that's very powerful uh to to have a skill to have and not only that just to be able to help other people like like you said the things that it can do for you imagine what it can do for other people and how you can really empower people on that and that's one thing that really I appreciate about you is that again even when you're nine to five you're still working on your craft you're still working on learning you're still working on doing a lot of great things and I think that the listeners have to realize that again if you want it bad enough, as you mentioned, you can go out and get it, right? You can go out and get it. And even, even with this, um, I think it was um, Les Brown said this, it's better to be prepared for an opportunity uh, and not have one than have an opportunity and not be prepared. So some of the things you're doing is you're preparing yourself for that opportunity. Because if it shows up today and you don't know what to do, it's like you just lost that opportunity, right? Absolutely, man. Uh, And and that's one thing,
2: you know, especially with the whole quarantine going on right now, man, because at the time of this recording, we're still going through the coronavirus and the COVID-19 pandemic. Anyone out there right now who's not working, who has been quarantined and told to stay at home, has a golden opportunity to create a better life for themselves. Mm -hmm. This is the time where we need to be learning new skills. We need to be stepping out of our comfort zone to try to learn something that we've never done before and that was part of me with the whole NLP was now great. I requested my time off from work back months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I spent the last three days, you know, diving into this NLP and, you know, I've experienced that transformation now. And in doing that, it, you know, shows me that everybody out there can be doing this. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you are, if you have spent the last 10 years working in an office building, working at a desk job and you're stuck at home right now because of the quarantine. There's no reason you shouldn't be online learning how to be a marketer or learning how to do some form of sales or learning how to, you know, start, you know, find whatever it is that you truly love to do. Whatever it is that you have a hobby of right now, go out and find out how to make that hobby your life. You know, and I understand you have to work day jobs to provide for your families, to provide for yourselves. Nothing in life is free. But, Right now, most people are sitting at home collecting the paycheck from the whatever act it was they got passed. that's keeping people getting paid right now. Mm-hmm. So they don't have that worry. They All they have right now is time. And anyone who does not come out of this quarantine with some sort of a new skill has, in my mind, wasted every single bit of that time.
3: Yeah. And
2: I hate to say it that way. I know it's a very negative way to say it but it's the truth there there's no reason why you can't come out of this quarantine with a new skill and something new to better your life with
1: yeah or just some sort of reinvention something you did like uh, yeah. something different than 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 you haven't done right i i just did a video a live video about two days ago or three days ago and i was talking exactly about that and i want to kind of take your uh, your opinion on this and i was talking about there's two kinds of people There's um, the people, and this actually kind of uh, leans back to also the NLP um, uh, practice and understanding the NLP. There's two kinds of people. One kind of person is those people that are playing the victim role, right? They're victimized because of the circumstances of society, the coronavirus, whatever you you call it, right? One thing, though, to realize, though, is that this coronavirus is affecting every single soul in this world somehow, directly or indirectly. Everybody's getting affected by it, so nobody... Can say that um, you're the only one getting, or it's just me, right? Like, why did I have to lose my job? Why did I have to be quarantined? Why did I have to go through this? Bl- whatever the case may be. So, so there anyways, that's that that one side of the person is is yeah. is the victim. The other side of the person is people that um, are also in the same situation as we are, or everybody in 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 the current times uh, uh, victimized through the coronavirus or whatnot. However, they chose not to be a victim. They chose to Better themselves. They chose to do something uh, with uh, this time. They chose to create a new skill, right? And I, I said to myself, you know, which the question I was asking is, which person do you want to be? Do you want to be the victim and just keep playing that role and do nothing about it, or know that what's going on is not only happening to you, except to everybody else, and do something about it and be, become better than that? You know, than, than your current situation. I chose to be that second person, right? That 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 side of the coin. Uh, and I think that's what's, what we have right now is, is only those two kind of people right now. Um, and I, again, why not take the opportunity to not be the victim, be the victor, and then continue to move forward. Right. Absolutely, man. And that's just that's how it is. I mean, that's
2: the, the current life that we've had, that we've got this, the times that we're in right now. And it's a golden
1: opportunity for everybody around the world. Right. So. Yeah. No, nobody's getting less or more. It's all the same apparently, you know, unfortunately. So, um, let me ask you a couple of last questions for you. What, what is, um, what is one of the, uh, the next things you're planning to do? Obviously you have the NLP, um, you have a wellness program too, uh, or company, uh, what are some of your next moves? Um, right now, man, I'm fixing to go pretty much all in on the NLP. Um, yep.
2: Uh, that's something that I'm working with uh my mentor Tiffany Toomes on. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just that's kind of my big goal right now is continuing to build on that continue to grow that um, obviously continue with the podcast and growing the podcast and also I have a you I've got two YouTube channels. I've got the podcast on YouTube and I've also got a family YouTube channel mm-hmm. where my my kids watch all these crazy vlogs. And that's something they wanted to do. So I was like, you know what? Hey, let's start this family YouTube channel. So we got that going now too. And, you know, my goal is that within the next six months to be out of my day job, to be full-time, you know, being able to, you know, do the coaching business, to do the NLP business, and to spend, you know, all the, all the time that I'll get back from not having to do a nine-to-five day job, I can put back into my family, man. Yeah and that's my main goal at the time, you know, uh, aside from that, man, I just loving my life, man, living and loving my life. That's kind of become a, a big deal to me, especially because I've had, I spent so long hating almost every aspect of my life, except for like my kids.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, so that's yeah, awesome. that, that's pretty much what I got going on. Um, the, the, wellness business, man, it's, uh, kind of on hold at the moment. We're dealing with some, we've been back and forth, with some manufacturing things going on. As soon as I got that back up and running, I'll definitely send you a link
1: and let you know what's going on with that. So, yep. yeah, other than that, it's just uh,
2: day-by-day, step-by-step,
1: man. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So, yeah, de- definitely you guys got to make sure to check out the-, the YouTube channels and the podcasts and all the good stuff. And, um, Sean, if-, if people wanted to connect with you, where can they connect with you?
2: Uh, definitely find me on Facebook. Um, you can look me up under uh, Facebook. Uh, what is this? I don't even know the address number. Just find me on Facebook, Sean Bustard. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at the Sean Um, those are the two big platforms on for the most part. Um, obviously you can find me on YouTube, either the Sean or the getting started podcast. Um, the podcast is currently on I Heart radio, Spotify, iTunes, Google podcasts, all that good stuff. Awesome. Um, if you do check out the show, definitely, you know, hop on there and leave me a written review, five star review. It helps me grow the show more. It helps me get it out to more people. Yep. Um, you can check out the family YouTube channel at Rugrat Wild on YouTube. Also, same on Instagram, Rugrat Wild. Um, or you can go to www.rugratwild.com. It'll take you straight to the YouTube channel. Mm, nice. Um, those, are, those are the biggest places to find me right now, man.
1: Yeah, and I'll, I'll definitely have all that information here for the, for the listeners to, uh, to check you out. Um, so, my last question for you is and you've given us a lot of great tips, by the way. If you can give us one last tip, and how anyone right now listening to this can overcome anything in their life, what would that be?
2: Oh, that's a good question. Um, get started. Mm. You know, just go out and get started. It doesn't matter what you start with or what you start on or even how you start. You know, I can't tell you the number of companies that have gotten – and I'm talking big, big corporate companies that have gotten started. You know, it took them 15 times to get it right. Mm-hmm. but they just never, they, they got started and they never gave up. And those would be the two biggest pieces of advice I can give is get started. And then once you get started, just don't stop.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I could have stopped, you know, six months ago when, you know, like my podcast had two listeners. Uh, pff, my YouTube channel had zero views, zero likes. I wasn't getting any engagement whatsoever on Facebook. But I just kept going. I kept pushing, kept pushing, kept pushing. And now, you know, I get all kinds of engagement on Facebook. I get all kinds of different views and listens on my podcast, both on YouTube and on iTunes. And I was able to rank my, first, my family's first YouTube video. We were on the first page of Google and in the top three search for Treasure Hunt on YouTube within just a matter of about 12 hours.
3: Yeah, that's awesome.
2: So, yeah, that's my that's my advice, man. Just get started. And once you get started, don't stop. It's okay to fail. It's okay to fuck up. Everybody's going to do it. Just make sure that when you fall down, when you get knocked on your ass, that you get back up.
3: Don't don't
2: let a little, you know, backslide stop everything you're working on, everything you're working for, and everything that you want to be. There's no reason to stop once you get started. Yeah.
1: And 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 when you fall down, that that keep in mind that that's a lesson. Evaluate that and see what you can learn from that and, and then reinvent it, right? You know, change the yeah. frame. Change the frame and just keep going and keep Yeah, and forward. Thomas
2: Edison said it best. You know, when he invented the light bulb, everybody was like, Well, yeah, you, you failed ten thousand times. Well, no, I didn't fail ten thousand times. I yeah. found nine thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine ways that didn't work.
1: Yeah. But yeah. I did
2: find the one that worked.
1: Right, and that's what counts. That's exactly what counts. Man, Sean, I, I really had a gr- great time, brother. Um, I really enjoyed our, our conversation here. And, um, you know, once again, thank you for coming onto the show and really uh, having you here, man.
2: Thanks for having me, Senior man. It's been an absolute yep. pleasure to be with you,
1: brother. Yeah, definitely. And for the rest of you guys, please do me a favor. Check us out on YouTube. Check us out on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, all different platforms. Leave us a comment, a review, and make sure you check out the next interviews coming up.
0: Hi, I'm Cesar Espino, real estate investor, business coach, and consultant, and author of the book, You Can Overcome Anything Even When the World Says No. My number is 424-501-6046. In my book, I talk about making the necessary changes to shift your mind for prosperity and certainty. Pick up your copy at Amazon. I also love helping families with their real estate and can purchase your house fast and all cash. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. My number is 424-501-6046.
1: Thank you for having me today. I am so glad you tuned in to this podcast. You can find me at spricker.com, where you can like and subscribe. And to learn more about myself and my services, you can find me at www.cesarrespino.com or you can also find me at Facebook under Cesar Once again, thanks for joining me. I am looking forward to having you at the next episode. And know... That you truly can overcome anything.